The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At daybreak, on the first day of the week, the women who had come from Galilee with Jesus took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were puzzling over this, behold, two men in dazzling garments appeared to them. They were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. They said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has been raised. Remember what he said to you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and announced all these things to the eleven and to all the others. The women, who were, the women were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James. The others who accompanied them also told this to the apostles, but their story seemed like nonsense, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, bent down, and saw the burial, burial clause alone. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. For the past couple of years, it's been very helpful for me to enter into the events of Holy Week by going through and reading the mystical writings of both Blessed Anne Catherick Emmerich as well as the Franciscan mystic Maria Valtorta. Because it really brings to life for me the characters of these events of Christ's passion and his resurrection as they walk through these visions that they had that Christ gave to them. And their account of this scene of the women that come to this empty tomb really struck me in a special way and the way that they describe the emotions, these intense and complex emotions that are happening that aren't fully conveyed all the time throughout the Gospels, that give me a more vivid picture of what's happening. And instead of women just coming and being surprised in this sense of rejoicing or slight confusion, they describe how the women approach the tomb. After being up for many nights, they are in extreme grief at this point, that their, their Lord, who they loved, was brutally murdered and killed, and now they just want to anoint his body, and yet they're very tired. And at the same time, they have this fear of being afraid of all the soldiers that are around. May they, they might be arrested for what they're about to do. And as they approach, especially Mary Magdalene is described throughout their writings, is just approaching the tomb and seeing the soldiers on the ground, as seeing the stone rolled away from the tomb the linens that are left behind. And her first thought is not, 
this astounding rejoicing or a little bit of confusion, but it's kind of horror and panic of the fact that this can't be the way this ends. So many bad things have happened to our Lord already. How can it end this way? And she's pacing back and forth, running her hairs through disheveled hair, thinking, how can I find the body of Jesus? Who has taken him? I have to get him back. And Maria Valtorta describes this moment. She says, poor Mary is so stupefied in her fiercest struggle between hope that is dying and a faith that does not want to die. And it's not until the angel finally speaks to the Mary and the other women and says, why do you look for the living among the dead? Do you not remember what the Lord has told you? And in that remembering, it's finally that that light of hope begins to return that they thought was lost. They thought that maybe he could rise, but now he's been stolen. And now these words of the angels bring back the remembrance of what Christ told them. And today we enter into this Easter vigil where all, it's a moment of excitement. We know the end of this story, so we come into this darkness knowing the light will come. And there's a great hope and rejoicing when we enter. And yet, when we think about the last 365 days maybe, or the year that is to come, we can relate to these moments that the women have as they approach the tomb, of just this sense of what is right in front of me does not bring me hope. What is right in front of me, what my senses are experiencing, more so wants me to lead to despair. Of this, even for us, of despair of can lead to even, is it possible for me to really get to heaven? Will I really ever see the unveiled face of Christ? And yet we're still just like Mary, trying to hold on to that little bit of faith that we don't want to die. And it's in these moments that I think the Lord calls us so often and says, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Do you not remember what I've told you? Do you not remember what I've done for you? You have every reason to hope in me. Every reason. And the Christ's passion, his resurrection, is something that is remembered by us. It is represented at every Eucharist that we celebrate, and today in a very special way. And yet, so often, how is it that we forget the core message of that we actually rise with Christ at the end. And that he invites us to actually share in his divine life. And Paul writes in his epistle, if we have grown into union with him through a death like his, we shall also be united with him in his resurrection. And we've already been immersed in the waters of baptism. We've already been buried in that water and risen with Christ, and that's only just the very beginning when, we, when we're baptized in that moment. But that we're invited for the rest of our lives to continue and to grow in a deeper and deeper union into that likeness of Christ for the rest of our lives. And from that moment, everything that we experience that's in front of us, we see through a different lens. Everything is in relation to eternity and that life with Christ. And so we can look at this scene that we have in this gospel of that stone rolled away, the soldiers on the ground, the linens that are left behind. And they are really the first evidence of our right to hope, to hope in being united with Christ in his resurrection. That is an actual, actually something that we can accomplish through him. And in remembering us this, 
it reminds us that this is what our soul longs for so deeply, to seek for every single day that this, to the fulfillment of this hope. And it reminds us of the longing to take away that fear, that any fear and darkness that we experience in this world, that it will be dispelled by Christ's light. At the beginning of this liturgy, when we were outside with the fire, we prayed, may the light of Christ rising in glory dispel the darkness of our hearts and minds. And we respond amen to that. In, in extension, Jesus, may your light completely consume me. May your light completely possess my very being so that everything in my life may be a radiance of yours. This night is the night that Christ dispels the darkness of our hearts. When our hope, despite of any sin or shame we have in our life, is restored and renewed. A hope that reminds us why we do what we do every single day. Why we come and we pray. Why we serve one another. Why we endure persecutions with joy why we try and love in the littlest ways by everything that we do so that we can choose to continue to die with him and so to rise with him. As we continue in this liturgy, we will once again, with our lighted candles, hold that light of Christ, that representation of the light of Christ, and renew our baptismal promises. And we give thanks to our Lord, who is truly our light, that he gives us that reason to hope every single day. And we pray that we may grow in that deeper union with him so that as we continue day after day to die with him, that we will soon rise with him in glory.